they say you're living good Pretty lawns with fancy landscapes She stares ahead with a blank gaze In her lovely neighborhood Where the living is And welcome to Our Neighborhood. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking on KMET. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. I'm a mortgage broker here in Los Angeles County, and we're going to turn reality on its head. We're going to help you think differently, see things from a different point of view, help you reverse your thinking. That music that you heard coming into the show, those of you that listen each week know that's uh, Angie Wells. Uh, from her latest album, A Truth Be Told. Uh, for those of you that have been following it, uh, that album is currently at 15 on the jazz and blues charts and climbing and still climbing. I like to think that um, her advertising on this show had something to do with it, but I don't know. You tell me. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to cover today. But I wanted to start off with something that I saw earlier in the week that uh, I was really, really impressed with. Um, when I was growing up, there was a book called Working by a, a columnist named Studs Terkel that really made an impression on me. Uh, it, was, it was interviews with just everybody, simple working people, kind of like what we try to do on this show, you know, just expose you to people that do all different types of jobs, things that you never even thought of. Um, and they get a chance to talk about you know, what they care about and what they do and what their days are like and that type of thing. And, and that's what Studs' book, book, Working, was about. And uh, imagine my surprise the other day when I was uh, watching Netflix to um, all of a sudden hear uh, President Obama opening up a new show that I'd never heard of, talking about the fact that when he was growing up, one of the books that made a huge impression on him was Working by Studs Terkel. So much so that he decided to turn it into a television show. And I got to watch three episodes of it. And I have to tell you, it is just brilliant. Just brilliant. If you get a chance, please look it up. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. It's called Working and it's produced and uh, it's moderated by uh, President Barack Obama. Another thing Pardon me. Another thing that I uh, uh, wanted to talk to you about this morning is, is financial coaching. Financial coaching. You know, for some reason, for some reason, when we become adults, we, we think that we're supposed to know everything. And it's a problem because uh, then when we don't, instead of getting help, uh, we get insecure. And therefore, we become less effective in our work, in our marriages. Uh, and in our um, in our parenting. So I, I wanted to read you something about financial coaching. Financial coaching, sometimes called money coach or financial counselor, reviews your financial situation and guides you in setting and achieving money goals. And who doesn't want that? Financial coaches may charge an hourly rate or flat rate depending on the service. Sessions with a financial coach might include direction on setting up and maintaining a budget, saving for emergencies, or paying off student loans. Coaches will also help you work on your money mindset and financial habits to address your behaviors and attitude towards money. Important steps toward improving your financial life. A person doesn't need a specific certification to call themselves a financial coach, but they can choose to get certified to improve their credibility. 
For example, the Accredited Financial Counselor Certification is a reputable financial counseling and coaching accreditation. Guess what? I have that accreditation. I am an accredited financial counselor. I don't do very much of it. Most of my work involves uh, helping people to get mortgages, mostly to refinance, mostly in the reverse mortgage field. But I do work with many of my clients in helping them to figure out how to manage their money better. If anybody, of the, uh, anybody in the audience thinks that they might want to talk to a financial coach, you can reach me at 310-447-5266, 310-447-5266. And I'll be more than happy to take half an hour out on the phone and talk to you about what it is that's a problem for you and what you think might be a good solution for that. And let's see if it's, uh, it's something that we can work on together, okay? We've got a lot to cover this show. We're gonna be right back after a short break. And when we come back, we're going to get more deeply into short work weeks. Stay right with us. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking on KMET. Welcome back to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. There's been a lot of talk recently about 32-hour work weeks. Now, one of the interesting things about this is that a lot of people are objecting. A lot of people say, oh, you've got to work 40 hours. Well, you know what? It wasn't that long ago that a 40-hour work week was a huge thing because without unions, um, without labor laws, people and children were working 60, 70, 80 hours. Now, I know many of you are still doing that, but you're doing it voluntarily most of the time. It's not a requirement. And for people that work for companies, 40 hours has up till now been a minimum. But now people are talking about a 32-hour work week. Now, that doesn't translate into shorter days. That translates into less days. That's talking about four days of work and three days of weekend. And... Um, in certain areas, it's it's actually starting to catch on. A lot of HR departments, human resource departments are saying um, that they think it's a great way to draw in and keep talent and that they could uh, still get work done and run a growing business on the side. It's an idea that in some places uh, whose time has has probably come, what could you do if all of a sudden you could make the same money you're making now, but do it in four days instead of in five? What would you do with that extra day? What would you do if you could rub three days together every single week? That's kind of mind-blowing uh, if you think about it. That means that you would have off 150 days a year. What can you do with 150 days? Three days a week. What would you do with that if you didn't have to spend time going to work on those, on those days? Give us a call, 951-922-3532. Tell us what you would do with that extra day each week. 951-922-3532. 32-hour work weeks, an idea whose time has come or not. Who knows? Raising children, that's a, that's, there aren't too many uh, topics that, that can get people hot under the collar than the idea of raising children. How to raise kids. 
a lot of parents believe that if you uh, spare the rod, you spoil the child, and they are very punitive and, and dictatorial. And then other parents are very permissive and you know, sort of let the kids run them. How do you find a middle ground between those two things? One suggestion that, um, that professionals make is to avoid negative communication. What does that mean? Well, according to uh, this article written by Kristen Sultan uh, in the Department of Pediatrics, University of Arkansas, she says many parents aren't aware of just how often they use negative forms of communication with their children. These parents may, as a result, be planting the seeds of mistrust and low self-esteem in their children. This is why it's so important for parents to become aware of and to correct any negative forms of communication they may be using with their kids. This is an this is an interesting concept. What constitutes negative communication with your child? Well, one is uh, nagging and lecturing. I, I know I'm guilty of the lecturing one a little bit. Um, I think my wife's more guilty of the nagging, but we are guilty of of doing some of that. I, in particular, sometimes when I talk to my son, he finishes the sentences for me. That's that's when I know that I've been on that topic for too long. Another thing that they talk about is interrupting your children when they're talking to you, not listening first and talking second. That's a really important thing, not only with children, but with other adults. If you interrupt people when they're talking to you, they they realize either consciously or unconsciously that you're not listening to what they have to say. You're only interested in telling them what's on your mind. So interrupting your kids, something you really should avoid trying to do. Instead, give them your full attention. If you are watching TV or if you're reading a newspaper or texting on your phone, put it down when your kids talk. Put it down and give them your full attention. And the last thing on this list is criticizing. But in particular, it says that parents should avoid criticizing their children's thoughts, feelings, and ideas. Avoid criticizing children's thoughts, feelings, and ideas. It's a good, it's a good concept. Children need the opportunity to express their ideas to you. It doesn't mean they're going to do them all. And sometimes they don't need your opinion unless they ask. I think we should try to avoid this holiday weekend criticizing our kids. Let's try to find a, a more productive way of, of interacting with our children over the next three-day holiday. How's that? That's a great goal, I think. We're going to have a, a great guest on after the break. I really want you to come back and listen to what Reggie has to say. Uh, I guarantee you that you've never had an opportunity to really hear from um, the horse's mouth exactly what they do. And I'll give you a hint. There's a duck involved. That's, that's the hint. All right. So um, we're going to have a, a, an excellent show for the rest of the hour. I'm sure many of you are sitting in traffic, getting home. Don't turn that dial. Stay right here with us. And uh, you're going to find out some things about the duck that I promise you didn't know. I'm Mark Gertz. This is Reversing Your Thinking. And we'll be right back after this. We're back on Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. 
I'm a mortgage broker in Los Angeles County serving all of California. And the purpose of this show, for those of you that still don't know, is to look at things from a new point of view. And we're going to do that with our next guest. Uh, I'm really happy to introduce uh, Reggie Queen. Reggie is a, a representative for AFLAC. Remember I told you there was a duck involved? And what he believes is that just offering health insurance alone is a huge mistake that too many employers make. He was raised in Willowbrook, California. He's a, he's a California native, and his experiences growing up were quite unique when compared to most professionals, and he feels that gives him a very unique perspective. Reggie, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, Mark. It's a real pleasure. Good afternoon. Um, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you coming in. So um, why don't we just start right there? What were what were some of those experiences that that you feel transformed you and, and made you perfect for what you do? Wow, I didn't think you were going to hit me with that one. You know, so Willowbrook, a lot of people don't know, is actually uh, one of the L.A. County suburbs. It's actually right on the outskirts of Gardena, Watts, Carson, and Compton. So uh -huh. a lot of people, when you say those towns, already form an idea about what's happening in that neighborhood. But what's so interesting is that while I <clears throat> I grew up in this neighborhood in the 80s, which you know meant that I got a chance to see all the things in the 80s and the early 90s that we all know, being able to be right at ground zero and see the beauty that I know is present because I actually live here now and seeing what the outside world thinks of where I'm at has always been a very, you know, it's two opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah, some of what the outside world focused on, it's true, it does happen around here, but the neighborhood, which I still live in now, I mean, most people marvel when they come over here on a Saturday evening or even a Tuesday evening. Go, man, it's such a beautiful, quiet neighborhood. I live in, insert other suburb, other part of LA, Mm -hmm. there is is noise and you know um so there's a certain beauty to being in a place where a lot of ugly has come out of you know i i grew up in new york i grew up in new york city so um you know and and new york's all connected with mm -hmm. with with the subway so no no neighborhood was was isolated from anywhere else la is a very different town i remember years ago the the movie crash came out right uh which which won an oscar which basically showed the fact that in in Los Angeles, a lot of times we don't get we don't get to connect with people from different different parts of the of the city. We never we're never in in contact with them. We're always j just in our cars, and I and I think that's sort of what you're you're getting at there. Absolutely, you know, uh, I think that there's a certain there's a certain uh, ness that you get from every neighborhood that you go mm -hmm. to, and if you really only let you know, maybe an outside media portrayal or outside music portrayal right. or any other kind of portrayal frame that for you, you know, you're kind of missing out. I mean, a great example for me, before I moved back to my neighborhood, um, I was staying in the Valley. And let me tell you, in the 90s, I would have never dreamed of living in the Valley because I had all of these misconceptions about mm -hmm. what it was and what it would be like and why I would or wouldn't be welcome there and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But after going there, it's like, well, it's actually close to where I grew up. There's definitely nuances that are very specific to the Valley. You know, like you say, without actually getting out and being a part of it, getting out and walking on the pavement yourself, you know, you really right. have a very skewed view. You're, so you're, you're, go ahead. 
I'm sorry, you're talking about the San Fernando Valley, right? Correct, San Fernando Valley. Yeah, forgive me. That's that's the valley, right? right. Single Man, uh, you know, name any other Pauly Shore movie. Like, that's what people, at least in L.A., traditionally thought of as the valley. Right. Of course, we now know San Gabriel Valley and some of these other places. But, mm -hmm. you know, really, San Fernando Valley was the original image, I think, for most Angelinos when they right. spoke of the valley in the 90s. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think what you're talking about is what we call unconscious bias. Absolutely, that, it's what you I'm know that about. we 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 have preconceived notions of of how how people are or neighborhoods are, and um, and then when you, when you scratch the surface, you you find out that you all pretty much are kind of the same one way or another, right? Looking for the same things. How long have you been with Affleck? Seven years now. Seven years. Mm -hmm. Okay. How did you get into that? What 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 were you doing before Affleck? <laughs> you know, gosh, I'm gonna try to make a long story short. Um, yeah, do that. That's you right. know, it was kind of just a personal dare. Let me put it to you like that. Um, I had gotten to a point in my professional career where I was kind of making the most money I had I had ever made, and I was also had the most freedom I ever had. But I realized that the type of work I was doing, I would probably never be proud to talk about it later on in life. I would probably have reservations about talking about it later on in life. And so that's when it kind of dawned on me what people always say. It's not about the money. You know, go, well, dang, I got this far and I got, I guess, all the things that I should want, but this isn't going to cut it. So what's actually going to cut it? And so that's just when I said to myself, you know, I what I really want to do is find a way to be of service and to translate that, to make that real. I want to be able to say you're welcome to somebody every single day. And it actually means something. It means that they're thanking me because I was able to bring something to them that only I could do in the way that I do it, perhaps, or only they felt comfortable with me. And that you're welcome I'm giving them is because I know I put my full effort into what I've done. And I just felt like if I could find something that allows me to do that, I'm never going to have to worry about hopping my phone bill. And the interview came. Honestly, I had no excitement whatsoever about going to an insurance interview. But it's within three or four minutes, it clicked. And I and I knew I could see it. I could see it so clearly, not just the need, but what this industry needed from somebody like me. Okay. Well, that, that's sort of a remarkable introduction to to you starting with the company. I I don't um I don't think I've ever uh spoken to anybody in the insurance business that talked about a a, a mission, because that that that's sort of what it sounds like from you. So why don't we segue? Tell us something about Affleck. Wow. Um, you know, I could bore you with a lot of statistics, but I think the most the most interesting ones, are, while it's a, you know, Fortune 100 company, they also have the second longest running CEO in U.S. history behind Warren Buffett. Hmm. And why that's interesting is only because he's the grandson of the three brothers that founded the company. So while this is still a publicly traded company that has a board and stocks and shares, it was literally started by a family in Georgia, and it's still managed by that family in Georgia. And so that mm -hmm. brings a different level of care that I think um, really, at least for me, made me want to work here even more. And here's a really good example. I want to say the number three rated children's cancer center in the U.S. is owned by Africa. Like they built it and created it. And people like me, mm. long-term successful members of the company actually contribute from our annual pay 
mm-hmm. towards this hospital because I mean, come on, kids and cancer, get out of here. We don't need those two things ever together. Sure. But it's so real and it's happening, and they've actually made strides. And I'll throw one more thing out um, because I think it's worth saying. They invested in a toy technology company. And this toy technology company, using all the stuff that we know is now available, has created this robotic duck that can help children that are going through these surgeries and procedures and just dealing with cancer, seven-year-olds, that can help them express themselves, help them feel less loneliness and a little bit more love. It's it's really quite touching. I would encourage anybody that, um, you know, has ever been affected by cancer to look into it. It's really something. Okay. So, so it sounds like you've got a, a major uh, public traded company with a, sort of a family values and, um, and, and a continuity that way. Is that right? Absolutely. And I know that there are companies that try to present that or try to, you know, hire somebody to market them to appear that way. But that's literally how it is, you know, mm-hmm. right down to the Southern drawl when you call in the customer service. I you see. Know, I've seen people have claims paid out that were sort of gray and easily the company could have been like, eh, that's gray. We're not going to pay it. And they do. Mm-hmm. And that just, that just says so much to me. Well, you know, most, most people, myself included, the only thing we know about Aflac are the commercials that we see on TV. Sure. You know, it, it, all we know is the duck. Yep. Okay. Um, so can you give us some insight into exactly they work? Sure. So, you know, really, this is for a business owner, a founder, a principal. This is an extremely savvy way of expanding a benefit package at no cost to the company. And I say it's at no cost because it's literally funded by the employee. Well, why would an employee spend more of their money on benefits? Believe it or not, this current generation that's coming out of college, that's going into the workforce, they would look at two exact same jobs. And if one of them offers them $31 an hour and a rack of benefits, and the other one offers them $38 an hour and almost no benefits, almost all of those students, almost all of those new hires will go right for that $31 an hour job that has 401k, medical, dental, vision, voluntary, uh, HSA, FSA, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what people want because they see what's happening in the world and being able to have more resources and more options isn't better than money, but it's pretty close if the money is not that big. And again, we're talking about a few dollars an hour where as before, people may have thought, we'll just go for the money an hour and who cares about benefits? People see okay. the value in wellness and well-being. All right. Um, I get that. That makes sense. But, but, I guess, but, but, I, no, but I guess my question is, what exactly is AFLAC? Are we yeah. talking, I mean, is this, are, is this disability income? Is this, you know, like I said, I, I, I see the commercial and they talk about, you know, sending checks and, and all of that. Sometimes, sure. sometimes I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So, you know, let me break it down for you as best as I can in a couple uh, monosyllabic grunts. No, here we go. Whenever someone is injured or sick, as long as they seek treatment, we give them money. The money we give them is not a loan. It's 100% theirs. They can do whatever they want with it. 
The amount of money we give people has nothing to do with whether they miss a day of work or miss a week of work. It really has nothing to do with even if they have a huge doctor's bill. Okay. What we're looking at are two things. How severe is the injury or illness? How much treatment does the doctor recommend? A more minor illness, a little bit of treatment, eh, it has a few hundred bucks. Major injury, tons of treatment, surgeries. Well, we're looking at several thousand dollars, right? So because of that, that really allows two things to happen. The employer can now provide an avenue that incentivizes their employees to stay healthy. And the employee, now when they're faced with, it's Friday afternoon, this just happened to one of my kids, I don't know if I want to deal with this, actually, let me go ahead and take them over to urgent care because I know I'm going to get a couple hundred dollars back. And that is actually helpful to me and my family at this time, right? So it's, 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 it's creating a lift, mm -hmm. right? Because there's only three reasons people don't do well at their job. They have financial problems, they have health problems, or they have relationship problems. Okay. okay. I can't do anything about the relationship problems. I can do something when it comes to health and sickness and maybe a little bit of money. And mm -hmm. so when you can provide that for an employer and it doesn't cost them anything, well, me talking about that. So, so what, yeah, but, but. I guess what I'm asking is, but but what triggers the money? I mean, is it is it paying oh. the is it paying the deductible on health insurance? No, I mean, no. The only thing yeah. is being injured or sick and deciding to seek treatment. Once those two things have happened, yeah. you send me, you send me all of your forms. Doctor said, yeah, Mark came in with a broken pinky. Let's keep it light. And we did this and we did that. And that's the service that that he received. We'll look at what did you receive? Was it a break, a fracture, a compound mm -hmm. break, the bone sticking out? How bad was it? And then we pay you a check and you can do whatever you want with that money. And the nice thing is, even if something happens to me all the time, because I'm a prone, clumsy, laden type of person, my dollar amount for my premium, if you will, does not go up. My benefits are not reduced. I just had a bad run and the company will still keep you. So it's things like that that I think make it such a such a unique so, type of insurance. So it's it's not giving you money in lieu of a salary. You know, listen, yeah, there's a disability policy that if I'm not at work, if I just had a baby, if I'm out for mental wellness issues, yes, it will give me money for for not being at work, but that's not it's that's not our primary thing. You know, okay. actually our primary thing if if I can really quickly is well, you got time go is 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 cancer man you know it's as ridiculous as it sounds here in the state of california one in two women in their lifetime one in three men in their lifetime will be diagnosed with some form of cancer mm -hmm. now fortunately it's not gonna be me you or the engineer but maybe it's the person that's sitting in the car that's listening that yeah they've had a diagnosis of cancer already and they're kind of surprised because they're only 28 that thing happens all the time. And so we invented, or I say we because I have that much pride, but you know, AFLAC invented the cancer insurance. And if you look now, 1955 is when they started, 1958 is when they rolled out the cancer insurance, I believe. 1970 something, we started having competition. Right now here in California, if you look closely, there's over 200 companies that offer some version of what we do. So the need yeah. is there. The challenge is, is in the education. Yeah. And that's and that's part of what we want to do here this afternoon is is give you an opportunity to to educate our our audience uh, so that they understand 
not only what the benefits are for your employers, but also um, how it works for the employees, what what triggers the money, you know, what they have to give up, if, if anything. And when we come back after this break, I'm hoping that maybe you can give us some examples of where you and Aflac have made a significant difference in people's lives. You're listening to Mark Gertz. This is Reverse Your Thinking. My guest is Reggie Queen, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz. My guest is Reggie Queen, a senior advisor with Aflac. Reggie, um, on the break, we, we were talking about um, some examples of, of exactly how an AFLAC program works. Can, can you share that with us? Uh, yeah, definitely, because I know that what I was talking about before the break might have seemed uh, esoteric and nebulous. So let's just make this real. I have a young lady who signed up for one of our plans uh, last year in April. She signed up for our accident plan, one of the most popular plans. Any accident somebody has sitting in your car, at the house, on a boat, different country, wherever, as long as you seek treatment within three days, we'll pay you money. So I had this lady, she got the accident claim, she had the accident plan, didn't think much about it. She just had it. She went out on a Friday night after work with some of her coworkers to a taco stand. They're literally hanging out at a taco stand. Her phone dropped onto the pavement. She leaned over to pick up the phone. And when she stood up, she knocked her head underneath the counter. Not the end of the world, but whew, she was hurting the next day still. So what did she do? She went to urgent care. You know, she had a mild concussion. I believe they gave her some Bayer or some Motrin or something and told her to go home and rest. Wasn't exactly what I would call a ton of treatment. But it also wasn't the most major injury, but I bet that thing hurt. Nonetheless, she submitted a claim to Aflac and she got back about $285. I think she actually went out and bought tacos for everybody the very next week. But what's even more interesting is in July, so we're talking uh, about 60 days later, she ended up falling and fracturing her wrist. So she got another payoff map, like I want to say $750 or $850 or something like that. So here we are, four months into her having her accident plan, and right. she's gotten more from Aflac than she's going to give us for probably two years. Okay. Her benefits weren't reduced. Right. But she wasn't kicked off the plan. Right. I called her up to make sure she was doing okay if she needed any more help. Right. So so that's an example. A second example, which I'll give, which is a little bit more, gosh, I don't know if tragic is the word, but it's 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 unfortunate. These are kind of things that happen. Um, mm -hmm. I had a young lady who was having her first child. She worked at a pretty decent job making good money. And she had our uh, our pregnancy package, which includes disability and our hospital plan, which gives her a couple thousand dollars for her first night in the hospital. It also gave her money for her doctor visits and blood screenings and everything mm -hmm. up to giving birth. Anyhow, she knew that all this was coming and she was fine with it. However, when her child was born, it turned out he had some serious complications that they did not anticipate. He ended up having to spend the first 30 days of his life, I think it was 45, but the first 45 days of his life in the NICU and having a handful of surgeries while, while they're at it. Now, what she didn't know, what she found out was that her child was automatically covered in the first 30 days of their life just for being born. Hmm. So what did that mean for her? Well, in her hospital plan, there was a, a section that she didn't pay much attention to 
that said she'll get paid $500 a day for every day in the ICU. Mm -hmm. Well, here she is with this situation with her son and having her first child. And she finds out that she's going to receive an excess of $15,000. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, man, I'm not going to say, Mark, that $15,000 is going to make up for having a kid in the NICU. No. Not at all. But for a lot of people, my monthly is around $4,000, $5,000. If I have the next three months of my bills covered, boom, I can at least really focus on what's most important here. And that's the health of my child, the health of my family. So it's that is what we do. We come in when somebody needs help mm -hmm. and they've got treatment and they're at the doctor from the minor stuff all the way to the major things. And that money people can use however they see fit. I think in her case, she ended up having, she ended up flying in her sister or her mom or somebody like that, uh -huh. come and stay with her. And she was able to then, you know, kind of host and make this all kind of make sense. Okay. This extra money that she had. Okay. No, th those are, those are great stories. Those are great examples. All right. But I'll tell you what it sounds like to me that your company pays out money regardless of whether or not there's a disability policy that's being paid on, regardless Absolutely. of whether or not the employee is still getting their salary, regardless of whether or not uh, the medical bills are covered in full, or regardless of whether it is a deductible, it sounds to me like this is money on top to deal to deal with the trauma of an accident or an illness, not the accident or illness in and of itself, all right? And it's not reimbursing for income, for salary that's lost due to a disability. Um, it, it's a little bit more philanthropic in a, in a funny kind of way. Is, is that, is that am, I, am I getting it? Absolutely. It, that's, that's exactly it. And, and that's, the, that's the part that you can't put into a commercial. And I know they've paid marketing guys millions of dollars to come up with an easier way. And it just doesn't work because... Unfortunately, we aren't trained to think that this could even exist. Mm -hmm. Most people always are like, so what's the catch? Well, that's sort of where I'm coming from. Yes. Yeah. And I know you pick that up, but I'll tell you what it makes me think of. All right. It makes me think of, of this old movie from the, the 30s called It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. All right. Where you had where you had sort of like a, a, a society. All right. It's, it's almost like an old style where you have sort of like a society that, uh, helps the community if something comes up, except except your company, the founders of this company sort of codified it into a, into a company that they can offer it worldwide or nationwide without it having to be in, in just one small village or town. Am I, am I sort of getting the handle on you, it? You are 100% spot on. And you brought something up that I want to quickly hint on. You accidentally said the world. And you're right, we are here in the US, but you know where else we are? We're in a country that has socialized medicine. And I mean, world-class socialized medicine. We're in Japan. So mm. I'm talking about a company, country where people don't have to pay for their medicine. Three out of four has, households in Japan have affluent. <laughs> Precisely for that reason, because it's not about the doctor bills. It's not about the surgeries or anything else. It's about the trauma around something's happening in our family at this time. And the employers that understand that that what happens at people's homes affects what they do with their job. Mm -hmm. Once an employer understands that, 
and is willing to seek out a way to help them. And this is it. They introduce it just by introducing it. They've done the hard work. Mm -hmm. And somebody like myself comes in and educates the employees. Hey, man, here's the options that you have. And mm -hmm. if it makes sense to them, they sign up. If you don't, they don't. So it, yes. so it, so it kind of feels like, um, I wouldn't call it a safety net. It's more like a, it's more like a feather bed. It's like a feather bed that where, where you deal with the trauma of an accident or an illness to you or to a child or to a loved one. And this lets you not hit the ground. It's softer than that. It just gives you some money to sort of ease your way back in and, and, and away from the trauma. Am I sort of getting it? You are absolutely 1000% getting it. And I know that initially you were really thinking about disability and that's okay because that's what most people think of. I can't work, therefore they must give me money. But there's so many ways that somebody can benefit because there's so many ways that we can end up sick or injured. Hold that thought, Reggie. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Reverse Your Thinking. Welcome back to Reverse Your Thinking. I'm your host, Mark Gertz, and our guest today is Reggie Queen, who is a, uh, a senior representative for AFLAC. And we've been, we've been sort of dissecting exactly what AFLAC is. And I think we've done a pretty good job of, of, of getting a handle on what it is and, and what it isn't. But Reggie, uh, I've known you for a while. And, and one of the things that I know is that when it comes to AFLAC, it's not just what the company does, it's what you bring to it, all right? As, as a representative for them. Um, and uh, why should people follow you and, and, and want to work with you in particular versus somebody else that represents the company? Sure. Yeah, that, that's a great question. So there's, there's, there's people getting their insurance license every day. There's uh, people choosing to sell AFMAC every day. And I think ultimately the reason why I've been able to be successful is it's really about bringing that customer focus. It's really about bringing that education focus. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is I try to see myself as a concierge would. Hmm. And so when I sit with a founder, with a principal, with a business owner, I'm of course going to go over how these plans work and they're probably going to get engaged, but I'm also going to engage their employees as well. And so why does that matter? Well, Typically, what happens is after all these people are engaged, when it comes time to file claims, when it comes time to ask your questions, all these kinds of things, where do people get sent? An 800 number to wait on hold or the internet to go scour it and figure it out. I don't like to do that. I instead prefer that my clients pick up the phone, call me, email me, text me directly. Hey, Reggie, remember you sold me that accident policy six years ago? Well, I really need to use it. Can you help me make sure that it's working? Right. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to help them with their claims. I'm going to make sure that it gets done. And I think for a lot of people, having that full circle service isn't something that they ever get anyplace else. Mm -hmm. you know, imagine if you got your car fixed finally because there was some issue. And two weeks later, your mechanic called you up and said, hey, man, I just wanted to check in on you. I know that you had to get that thing fixed. How's it going since? OK, if you need anything else, let me know. Right. You would feel like, oh my God, am I like being scammed or spammed? This is so weird. We're just not used to that. And I think that that's something that we need to get away from. So that's what mm -hmm. I bring to the company. And that's what I think has helped me remain top five in LA uh, this, this last 12 months. 
When did you realize that sales was service? You know, I think I realized it, you know, quite some time ago. Oh, I used to wait tables in my 20s. I used to work in this, uh, in this residential drug and alcohol counseling, substance abuse treatment in my 30s. This is the company I was talking about before. And ultimately, that was always what it came down to. Being able to be of service to people meant that people would come back to you. They would seek you out. People would actually be able to get what they need because you were of service to them. You're not just filling an order and throwing it at them. You're actually trying to tailor and customize it and make sure that it's actually going to fit their needs. And that's the difference between that and here. This is an accident plan. You should get it. Come on, man, sign up. This is the best thing for you, which is unfortunately where a lot of sales lay. And the last thing I'll, I'll throw for me, it's about service because I don't want to be in a position uh, anymore. It does happen occasionally where somebody goes, man, where were you at so many months ago? We could have really used having Aflac around. And so mm -hmm. that really drives me every day to get up, get out and find the next business owner, the next principal who cares about the company and who wants to make sure that they're doing more for their team than just giving them medical insurance at 50%. Come on. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So it sounds like that, that you're motivated by what you do. You care about people and then you stay in touch with them. You continue to give them service. And that differentiates you from a lot of other people that are trying to do what you do so well. Is that about right? Absolutely. Right before I got on with you, I was on a call with somebody. I haven't seen this woman for probably six years since I first initially signed her up. She's had a couple of claims and I occasionally check in on her. She is now two companies removed from where I first found her. And she still calls me to say, hey, we filed our claim. Everything went good. Just wanted to let you know, good to talk to you. And that means a lot to me because in this world, things are hard enough. Mm -hmm. And it's having something like this through your company can make life better for your, for your family. Mm -hmm. Let's take it a step further and let's make sure that the service is there and that it's something that you, not that only makes sense today, but that makes sense moving forward. Coming to the, uh, coming to, to the end of the show, let me just throw something out at you. Let's suppose somebody was able to give you a $10,000 billboard on Sunset Boulevard, okay, to promote yourself and to promote what you do, what would you write on that billboard? What would it say? You know, Mark, I think I'm just going to keep beating this, this, this drum. Too many employers think offering medical insurance is good enough. Are you one of them? That's what you would put on the billboard. I caught you off guard, but it's, still not, a it's still not a bad idea. It's a still not bit. a bad idea. But oh, that's just it. I, I want to pose the question. It's not about giving anybody the answer. It's about posing the question to them. Okay. Reggie, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Call me directly. 562-433-1663. Reggie Queen. Say it again. 562-433-1663. Call me, email me, text me. ReginaldQueen at gmail.com. Great. Thank you for listening. This is Reverse Your Thinking. We'll see you next week. Get home safe. Have a great weekend. Where the living is good.